Praise the Lord. Welcome into another Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this. Another privilege, dear God, to come to God and to go out by way of podcast, Lord, to to proclaim your name and to proclaim your word, dear God, that someone may be lifted up and, and someone may be draw closer to you. And hopefully, dear God, someone will give their heart and life to you before it's too late. God, I pray, Lord, that you just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, and just use them for your glory, dear God, for the uplifting of your kingdom. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are in the 26th chapter of uh, Numbers. We're going to be starting in uh, verse 52. But before we go there... Uh, Let's go back and recap a little bit about the last time. Uh, Noah, uh, the Lord told Noah to take a, another census of all the people. And uh, uh, Noah went to the heads of the uh, different families and, and got the princes to count all the people and they counted them up. And uh, when they got finished counting, there was 600 and 1,730 uh, Israelite men from the age of 20 years old and upward. Uh, everyone from 20 years old downward and all the women uh, didn't get counted. So we're, we're just counting the men here. And they was, uh, this is the men that were able to go to war. If anything, if uh, they had came up and and needed to go out and fight for anything, this was the number of people that uh, could actually go out and fight from 20 years old and upward. And they've got everybody set and ready to go. If at any time they do go to war, you remember when they made the silver trumpets and uh, they they blow different alarms for different things. And uh, when they blow uh, on the trumpet at a um, I can't remember now, but anyway, they used the trumpets to call the different families to war. And the number of times that they blow is the number of times that the uh, tribes come out and move. They, you know, they got, they actually got them set up in, in four different uh, families, clans, tribes, whatever you want to call them. And uh, they got them around the tabernacle so that when they blow the horn, the first one will go out, and if they decide that they need another one, they'll blow the horn again, and the next one will go out. But they are getting things set in order again since uh, just about all the people that were there uh, when they went in and spied the land of Canaan and come back out and started complaining and everything and didn't want to go into the land of Canaan. Uh, they're about they're about dead. Uh, so now we're getting ready to move again. And Lord, in verse 52, the Lord is speaking to Moses, saying, Unto these the land shall be divided for an inheritance according to the number of names. To many thou shalt give the more inheritance, and to the few thou shalt give the less inheritance. To every one shall 
his inheritance be given according to those that were numbered of them. Notwithstanding, the land shall be divided by lot according to the names of the tribes of their family they shall inherit. According to the lot shall the possession thereof be divided between many and few. He said, all right, so now then, we're going to divide this lot, this land up between the families. Now the families that have a, a lot of people, we're going to give them a lot of land. And the, and the families that don't have a whole lot of people, we're not going to give them a whole lot of land, which, you know, it it basically makes sense. And then maybe adjust the land as uh, the families grow or shrink or whatever. And uh, he said, then we're going to, the way that we're going to figure out exactly uh, who gets what land is we're going to cast lots. Now then, uh, casting lots is one of those things that has been around ever since um, the Israelites, well, even before the Israelites came out and went into Egypt. Uh, this was a way to help uh, men, especially the men of God, to figure out um, questions that they had and thing and uh, different things that they had before the Lord that they or maybe the priest could not answer. And, and generally, the priest was the one that done the lot casting. Um, these lots were different things. They were they were um, rocks and uh, straw and sticks and and some were even bones, but uh, they I don't know if they were marked or what, but uh, they were different ones. And if we remember, if we go back to uh, uh, the Genesis, I uh, know I wrote it down somewhere. Go back into uh, Exodus. I'm sorry, it's Exodus 28 and verse 30. Well, we, uh, you remember they made the uh, the breastplate, and in the breastplate they put the ermine and thummin. Now this was, I don't know if it was like dice or what it was. How it, the Bible uh, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about this devices. They just said that they put those in the breastplate, and these were cast like I guess like you throw dice or whatever. And the way they landed, uh, they they would then know that the answer to whatever the petition was that they had before the Lord, and that's basically how that they are going to choose who gets what land and how much land is by the casting of these these lots or this. Uh, Ermin and Thummin, and they this even even all the way through the New Testament, especially I mean the Old Testament, especially we're going we're going to hear a lot about this this breastplate and these these stones uh, that were in there uh, that for, that they used to cast to uh, decide exactly what uh, what the will of God was. Well, that was basically what it what it done when they got to the place where they did not know and and the Lord was um, maybe the Lord they couldn't get in touch with the Lord for some reason then they would do this now in verse fifty seven we're going to go to the census of the Levites now the Levites if you remember they the Levites God set them apart for His own people. 
And he and the Lord told him, God told him when they come out of Egypt that everything that opens a matrix, in other words, everything that was born, all the firstborn were to be gods. That was the uh, children of men and also of their animals. And then God set aside the Levites. He separated them from the rest of the Israel tribes. He separated them and he, he set them apart. And he said, these are my people. Now then, instead of all the firstborn of man being uh, belonging to me, uh, I want you to take and I want you to redeem them. In other words, their their parents would pay a uh, a price to the Levites, and they would be theirs. Since the Levites was God's chosen people, the God chose to redeem all the firstborn of man, and He set these people aside, and they they will not get an inheritance of land with all the other Israelites. As a matter of fact, they, they basically live, uh, when they get into the land of Canaan, they basically live in the different cities of the Israelites, and they uh, do the service of uh, the tabernacle. They, they take care of the tabernacle, and they do the service of the priest, whatever the priest needs them to do. And they also, uh, when they... Later on, they, um, uh, see, let me get my notes here. Um, their, zeal, their zeal for the Lord caused the male Levites, except for Aaron's family. Now, Aaron's family was already designated as priests uh, to be set apart as caretakers of the tabernacle and as aides to the priest. Each clan and the tribe now had specific duties related to the tabernacle. This, this is where we're at right now. Uh, they, some of them had to carry some of the things of the tabernacle on their shoulders. Others had oxen and carts that they uh, guided along as they went for the different parts, you know, like the, the pillars and the cloth and all the coverings and everything of that nature. That was all uh, carried on carts with uh, oxen. Um, another indication of Levi's distinction is found in Numbers, where God instructs Moses not to number the Levites with the other tribes. The Levites were set apart, but their status must still be seen as significantly different from that of the priest, even though all the priests were Levites too. Only Aaron's descendants were the ones that's going to be the priests. The other Levites were in charge of uh, the tabernacle and um, transporting it and keeping things going and uh, uh, doing helping the priest out in whatever in the way that they needed to be helped out. There were three different uh, tribes of the Levite, actually there was four. There was Aaron, uh, the priestly tribe, and then there was Gershon, Kohath, and Mary. And Gershon, Kohath, and Mary all was ones that who basically they transported everything of the tabernacle from one place to another. Uh, Aaron and his sons, now Elzar, 
since Aaron has passed away, Elzar uh, and his sons uh, and his brother are the ones who uh, take down everything and pack everything up. The Levites, the actual Levites, are not even allowed to touch the holy things of the tabernacle. That includes the brazen altar and the laver in his foot. They can't touch it, but they can put the bars through it and they can put the bars on their shoulder and transport it. Um, the Levites were therefore included in the legislation along with the aliens, fatherless, and widows and those whom the people must uh, remember to care for. They, were, they still had a say-so in everything that went on uh, in the legislation and the running of the camp and everything. Um, in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, we're going to find out, uh, with a view to entering the land, the Levites are given an additional duty since their tabernacle transport obligations would be dismissed. Since they got into the land, God promised them, and they were basically settled down. They're not going to be traveling anymore. Their, their duties of taking down the tabernacle or transporting the tabernacle was no longer needed. We are from this point on going to build, uh, in each city, we'll build temples, and they, it will be housed by uh, priests, different priests, in each, uh, different priests in each city, and the Levites will be split up to each city to uh, take care of the tabernacle at that point and to um, help the priest in uh, duties. And they are given uh, some extra uh, duties. Uh, and they didn't receive any of the tribal uh, inheritance, but were given 48 cities with their pastures. In other words... These cities are uh, under their care, and they 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 were given the the fact they were given the uh, duty of making sure that everybody knew the law, teaching the law, uh, all the laws of Moses, teaching all the children and all the grown-ups too, all the laws of Moses, and this is they were uh, teachers. They served as teachers and administrators of the law. And uh, they were given some additional responsibilities as official ju officials, judges, gatekeepers, and musicians, of all which assisted the uh, which assisted the priests. So they their their duties change as uh, the progression of the children of Israel changed. While they were traveling, uh, going from place to place. Their duties was to basically to transport the um, tabernacle and to help the priest in any form, in any way that they could. When they got to where that it was a permanent thing, their duties changed, and uh, as things changed in uh, the families, but they were they were not uh, they were not given land, so to speak. But now then, all the people, all the children of Israel had still had to pay their tithe to the Levites. The Levites still got a, a portion of uh, the uh, offerings that were offered on, uh, on the brazen altar. That was, that was for them to eat. Uh, they still got that. But now as far as having to grow anything or to 
uh, keep cattle or uh, uh, any type of livestock or anything like that. They didn't have to because the Israelites paid them a tenth of the first fruits and a tenth of their harvest, a tenth of everything that comes off of their trees. The, the first part uh, that they gather, that all went to the Levites for them, for their substance, for to keep them while they were doing the job that the Lord had set them uh, in place to do. Now, uh, you remember Nadab and Abihu died when they offered strange fire before the Lord. This was uh, uh, Aaron's sons. And those were numbered of them, and those that were numbered of them were 20 and 3,000, all males from a month old and upward, for they were not numbered among the children of Israel because there was no inheritance given them among the children of Israel. Now, if you notice, the uh, the Levites were, uh, they were counted from a month old and upward. See, they, they went all the way down to a month old because that child, even though it was still just uh, very young, it was still a Levite and it would be taught uh, its duties to do in the tabernacle as it grew up. Verse 63. These are they that were numbered by Moses and Elzar the priest, who numbered the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. But among these there was not a man of whom of them whom Moses and Aaron the priest numbered when they numbered the children of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. In other words, they, all those that Moses and Aaron numbered in, in the wilderness of Sinai, they was not um, one of those that were numbered uh, in, uh, at that when they numbered them, uh, except for uh, Caleb and Joshua. They were the only two, and Moses, they were the only three that was left out of the original ones that came out of Egypt and was counted in Mount Sinai. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> now then, we, uh, we're going to get into something else. Uh, we have some daughters of a man who had passed away who had no sons. Now then, I want, I want you to pay close attention to the, to the reading of this, this ver few verses here. Uh, then I'll go into it. Then came the daughters of Zephahad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Micah, the son of Manasseh, of the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these are the names of the daughters, Mahala, Noah, Hogla, and Milcah, and Tirzah, and they stood before Moses and before Elzar the priest and before the princes and all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not in the company of them that gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin and had no sons. Why should the name of our father be done away from among the, his family because he hath no son? Give us, therefore, a possession among the brethren of our father. Now then, remember 
how all, <laughs> remember how all the men basically when something didn't go their way they would they was ready to uh jump on moses and aaron and and complain to god because everything uh, didn't go the way that they thought it ought to go well here's these these girls the daughters of this man that died they went to moses very calmly they had a question on their mind and they needed an answer they didn't start riots. They didn't burn uh, down people's tents. They didn't burn down the stores and, and uh, block traffic and all this stuff. They just calmly went to Moses and said, Moses, our father died in the wilderness. And not because of what Korah done, but because of his own sins. And he didn't have any sons. Uh, why should his name die with him? So, so give us an inheritance in our Father's name. Well, this question had never come up before, and it's something that had never been done and possibly never thought of because any time you talk about an inheritance and, and uh, uh, giving your, your sons your blessings and uh, carrying on the family name, it's always the males. It's always the males. But this man had no sons, so they, they went to, to Moses. And Moses, basically putting in my own words, Moses said, I don't know, but I will find out. Very calmly. Like I said, this is the way that things need to be handled. I'm, I'm not talking about just spiritual things, but I'm talking about things in our everyday life. No matter how much that they irritate us, that these things are happening and people are saying stuff about us and and uh, asking us questions like we need to be to just stand upon the Lord and be very calm and discuss this like human beings and not get angry and start uh, cussing and fighting and all this stuff just calmly discuss this stuff and we get a whole lot quicker response and don't get in half as much trouble by doing that but Moses brought their cause before the Lord Moses said I don't know but I will go to the Lord and I will find out so they waited they they possibly uh, they may waited there where they asked Moses or they may have went back home I don't know but they knew would beyond a shadow of a doubt when they asked Moses this and Moses told them that he would find out they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Moses would find out and he would come and tell them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, The daughters of Zephahad speak right. In other words, the Lord told Moses, said, They're right. That you need to give them a, a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren, and thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them, and thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now then, see here what happens when we do this calmly and we don't uh, fly mad. They went calmly to, to uh, Moses, asked Moses. Moses said, I'll find out. Moses went to the Lord, and the Lord spake unto Moses, verse 7, the daughters of Zephanahad speak right. Thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren, 
and thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a man die and hath no son, then ye shall cause his inheritance to pass unto his daughter. And if he have no daughter, then ye shall give his inheritance to his brethren. If he have no brethren, then ye shall give his inheritance unto his father's brethren. And if his father have no brethren, then ye shall give his inheritance unto his kinsmen that is next to him of his family, and he shall possess it, and it shall be unto the children of Israel a statute of judgment as the Lord commanded Moses. See, See, we got we got some things, a lot of things cleared up here that that hadn't really came up yet. You know, even even in your Christian life, as you go along, and uh, you you're you're doing what the Lord wants you to do, and you're studying the Bible, and and you're doing all this stuff, there's going to be things pop up in your Christian life that you have no idea what to do. You don't know you don't know how to act. You don't know what to say. You don't know. You don't know. So this, they didn't know that they actually had a problem here till these women went to Moses and asked for their dad's inheritance. And Moses went to the Lord, and the Lord told him, "said Yeah, you need to do that." And he said, "As a matter of fact, he said, uh, if a man dies." He said, he don't have any sons, it needs to go to his daughters. And if he don't have any daughters, it needs to go to his brethren. And so on and so on down the line until he comes to someone that's a close kinsman. And that land goes to that. It stays in that family. And that's the way that it, it should be. You know, it should be passed down from family to family. But, you know, we, we as people nowadays, we don't put that much... Uh, stock in family you know our families we get together and and everything like that but you know it, reading these names in the bible there's always someone's name and and uh, uh they was the son of this person and that person was the son of this they can run their their family tree back quite a few years and was proud of it they was proud of where they came but, you know, we, we have gotten so far away from God today, as uh, mankind has, that uh, we really don't want to chase our uh, family tree back too many years because we know that there's going to be some really bad fruit hanging on that tree at some point in time, and we don't want people to know about it. So we, we don't have a tendency to tell everybody exactly about all of our ancestors and everything. But... They were they were very proud of their family. They're very very proud of their family tree, and that's why these women went to to Moses and said, you know, our father was a great man. Yes, he had he uh, had his problems. He sinned and he died, but still yet his name should go on. And the only way that that could be be done is if we get our father's inheritance, and. They went to Moses very calmly. They didn't start a riot and and jump in Moses and Aaron's or Joseph uh, Moses and Aaron's face and start fussing and going on. They just calmly went to him, and you know we got a problem. And they told they told Moses what the problem was. Moses didn't have an answer. 
this is one of those things that had never came up. He said, I'll go find out. And he did go find out. And the Lord told him exactly what to do. And you know, that <laughs> we, we want to, to, I don't know, get all huffy and puffy sometimes because uh, somebody can't answer a question that we have. But you know, I would rather for somebody to tell me that they don't know the, the answer to the question than to tell me that they don't know the answer to the question and they will find out and then they, that's it. You don't never hear nothing else about it. You know, don't lie to me. If you ain't going to tell me and you ain't going to find out about it, don't say nothing. Just go on. But, you know, we are we are so quick to, to uh, tell people what we think that they want to hear. You know, I don't know what the problem is, but I will find out and I will get back to you. Two weeks, three weeks, a month, six months, a year later, he still ain't got back to you. So, it, you know, it wasn't real important upon his list of things. But when they, when they went to Moses with this, Moses said, you know, I'll find out. And it, it sort of, it, may, it probably piqued Moses's interest too and his curiosity because they never had this problem come up before and you know it's always been to men it passed from man to man but now then these women didn't have a father and they were basically on their own they were still in the family uh, the family all took care of them. Let me tell you something. Back then, families took care of families. I don't care what you did. They took care of you. And they they took care of, the, of these women. But they wanted to know. They had a question on their mind, and they, they wanted an answer. And they went to Moses, and Moses asked the Lord, and the Lord gave not only the answer to their question, but answer other questions if they came up at a later time. Okay. In verse, uh, chapter 27, verse 12. Now then, Moses, uh, in verse 12, And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into the Mount Abram, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, Thou also, also shalt be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother was gathered. For he rebelled against my commandment in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the water before the eyes, before their eyes, that is the water of Meribah in Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. Now this, the Lord is telling Moses here, he done, he done told Moses, and uh, Aaron both, when they uh, disobeyed him at that watering hole at Meribah, at that rock, when the Lord told him to speak to the rock, and Moses smote the rock twice instead, he told them that neither one of them would enter into the, to the promised land. And Aaron has already been gathered up. Uh, he, he's already died. Now it's Moses' turn. And the Lord told Moses, he said, get thee up to the mountain. Go up on top of the mountain. And I want you to look out over the land that I have promised to, uh, to the, my people. I want you, I, you're not going to be able to go in, but I want, I want you to see 
what it is that you're missing. You, you know, that's that's one of the worst things that can happen to a Christian is the Lord tell us to do something and we disobey and somebody else does it and see the blessing that they get. You know, it, it's, it's really hard to, to swallow sometimes. But, you know, it's your own fault because the Lord gives you the opportunity to do what he wanted you to do to get that blessing. And you did not do it. You chose to disobey him. So you did not get that blessing. And he gives it to somebody else. And you watch your blessing given to somebody else. And the Lord blessing them with it. it it's, it's hard. It really is. And this, this, is, this is basically what, where Moses is at. He's going to get to go up to the top of the mountain and he's going to get to look out over all the land and, and see how bountiful it is and see how beautiful it is and pristine, uh, but he's not going to get to go in. Uh, the Lord told him, he said, when you've seen it, he said, you to be gathered up unto thy people as Aaron thy brother was gathered. And Moses spake unto the Lord saying, now Moses is always thinking, ahead and thinking of the children of Israel. And he said, uh, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. See, Moses, he, he's thinking ahead. And there's, there has nobody been chosen to replace him. So now then the Lord tell, is telling him that he, he's going to die, go up, look out over the land that I'm going to give the children of Israel, and you're going to be gathered up. So he said, Lord, he said, uh, before I do, he said, we need to choose somebody to basically take my place. We need, we need to choose someone to take my place so that the people may have a shepherd, so that they will still have a leader. Aaron can't do it all by himself. He, it, everything that he is involved with in the tabernacle pretty much takes up all of his time. Not Aaron, but Elzar at this point. Uh, everything takes up um, all his time, so they, they still need that one person, that lawgiver, that one is in well-versed in all the laws and is good with people, that can lead a people and can lead them out or lead them in and be there for them. And the Lord said, uh, and the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay thine hands upon him. Now, you remember Joshua is one of them that went in and spied out the land. He and Caleb are the, are the two, when they came back, that had the good report, and then they said, we can go in and we can possess this land. I, with God by our side, we can go in and we can take this land and we can claim our inheritance. It, it's it's going to be a piece of cake. There's not going to be any problem whatsoever. And they fought to try, for the people to go into the land, but nobody wanted to do that. As a matter of fact, the other ten that went with them, they they complained and said that they was giants in the land and they were wild cities and they had forgotten again how how great that their God is. 
just like we do today. We forget how great our God is and we forget everything that he has done for us in the past. So Lord told him, fine, you want to be that way? Y'all going to wander around in the wilderness till every one of you are dead. From 20 years old and upward, you all, uh, y'all going to die. Your carcass is going to be uh, strewn all over the desert. And then uh, everybody else, when uh, when all, all, all you original ones are, are gone, your children are going to go in and possess the land. They're the ones that's going to go in and they're going to take this land. And, and set him before Elzar the priest and before all the congregation and give him a charge in their sight. And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And he shall stand before Elzar the priest who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of the Urim before the Lord. At his word shall they go out and at his word shall come in both he and all the children of Israel with him even all the congregation. Yep, I can get the page turned. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and he took Joshua and set him before Elzar the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands upon him and gave him charge as Moses commanded by the, as, as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. So now then, we have a... Um, a new leader. Moses has turned over uh, his reins to Joshua. Joshua is now going to be able to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. He is, uh, he is the one that is going to, uh, he is trusting in God. He is following the Lord. Uh, he has no worries about what all is on the other side of Jordan. He knows that when he goes forward, as the Lord tells him to go forward, that he will be blessed, he will be protected, and God will be with him, and he will uh, give he will give him victory over all the people that's in the land of Canaan. Joshua is a man who believes in God, and he, he trusts in God. It doesn't matter what the Lord tells him to do. He does it because he knows that he is going to be protected, and he knows that the Lord will not tell, not steer him wrong, and he's going to follow him no matter what. And you know that that's the way that we need to be, and especially, especially right now, and in the way that this, this our country is going, you know it, it it's not going to get better. I don't care uh, who they put in as president of the United States; it is not going to get any better because we are in the end times and there is a lot of prophecies and a lot of things that the Bible talks about that is going to have to come to pass before he comes and gets his people and it none of it none of it is going to be to our advantage the Christian's advantage it's, a, it's all going to be to the world's advantage and there's going to be a man that's going to set himself up and he's going to have all the world's problems fixed and he's going to he's going to set himself up as god and everybody's going to bow down and worship him and if you don't bow down and worship him you will be put to death 
Uh, there, there won't be no questions. There won't be no, no courtrooms. There won't be no jury, uh, selection or nothing like that. You do not bow down to him. You die right there on the spot. That's the way it's going to be. And it's, it's not going to get any better. Whether it's going to come to a time, I don't know if I'll ever see that time or not, but it's it's going to come to a time when we cannot gather together in a, in a building and worship God in spirit and in truth as we do today. We're going to be able to gather together, but we're going to have to uh, go through a uh, ceremony that the Antichrist and uh, everybody else sets up for us to go through. We're not going to be able to sing praises to the Lord. We're not going to be able to hold up holy hands. And we're not going to be able to do all those things if they let us together at all. If they, if they even let us gather together at all. They may completely do away with uh, church houses uh, all together. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say at this point in time because... Even since the world began and Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, the world has been against Christian people. They have been against the ones of us that are truly a child of God and we are worshiping the Lord and we are serving the Lord and we are following the Lord. They have been against us. They have tried to destroy us in every way possible. They have tried to destroy the Jewish people, which is God's chosen people. They've tried to kill him in every, every possible way to be thought of. And every time they do, we as Christians seem to get just a little bit stronger and a little bit bolder. Because when these things start going on is when we as Christians, when we really knuckle down and uh, those of us that really want to make it to heaven and those of us that really wants to do the will of God, that's when we start knuckling down and we start praying and getting a hold of the horns of the altar and we get to pour in our heart and souls out to the Lord and trusting him with him with every fiber of our being which we should be already doing at this point in time, but we are we have sat down on a seat of do-nothing and we decided that we're going to ride this thing out to the end and then we're going to go on to heaven to be with the Lord. Well, you may do it, you may not. I, I tell you what, I like to hedge my bets. I don't bet, but you know, when I did, I, I, like, to hit, I like to make sure I'm betting on a sure thing and that's the reason why that I am trusting the Lord and I am doing what the Lord wants me to do, no matter how how uh, dumb it sounds, no matter how much people makes fun of me, that doesn't matter. I don't care really what people thinks about me. I care right now what God thinks about me more than anything, because in the end, it's His, it's what He thinks about me that's going to matter, not what you think about me. And Moses and and Joshua's and and Caleb they're they're all in the same boat. They don't they don't care what people thinks about them. They're going to do what the Lord told them to do. Yeah, Moses made a mistake. You know, I don't know of a Christian uh, child of God today on the face of this planet that at some point in time in their Christian life. And, it, and maybe every day that we make a mistake, uh, things come against us and we, we mouth off before we know what's going on. 
this 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 is the way we are. I I get so upset at myself sometimes for this, and I and I beg God and ask God to to forgive me and to sanctify my mind and sanctify my lips and and I'm fighting I'm fighting a good fight. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm losing a little bit, but you know what? When God's on my side, even though those times I feel like I'm losing, I'm still winning as long as I'm fighting for him and fighting with him. Because the Lord is going to, the battle is already won, people. We may have a few wars here and there upon this earth, but the, the main battle's won, and our reward, our victory party, is going to be one that's going to last forever in a place where we don't never have to part, uh fight any wars anymore and and we're never going to get sick and we're never going to grow old and have arthritis and and we're never going to have to worry about money or any of that things a place to live or a place to sleep we're not going to have to worry about none of that stuff because god is going to give us every bit of that just because we held fast to the end and we fought a good fight we ran the race we ran it with patience and this is what it's all about is hanging hanging in there with the Lord and, and trusting in him and following him and doing his will. That's what it's all about. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. And that's what we that's what we need to be worried about is Jesus, not ourselves. I'm not, this old body's gonna pass away one of these days and I'm gonna leave this earth. But I I am trying my best. I'm doing everything I possibly can. To make my way into heaven. I know I'm saved. And I know I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm, I'm a pressing toward the mark. It's not easy sometimes. It's an uphill battle a lot. But I, I am going on. No matter what. Listen. I thank you all for listening. I thank you all for tuning in. And I hope God blesses you in a great and a mighty way. And I hope you got something out of this. And until the next time. God bless you in a great way. Amen.